Welcome back to a new series of On The Air. This series, Anisha Patel and her co-host, Sarah Ann Mills-Bricknell, will be sitting down with Stonewater colleagues, industry leaders and customers to discuss inclusivity and what it means for the social housing sector. From exploring affordable options to supporting people with getting their foot on the property ladder and specialist services to support those whose needs are not met by the mainstream market, this series will explore how across the sector we can ensure everyone has the opportunity to have a place that they can call home. Hi everyone, I'm Anisha and welcome back to Stonewater's podcast channel. Yesterday marked a year since we went into the first national lockdown to help prevent the spread of coronavirus. A lot has changed over the last 12 months and whilst we've all played our part in protecting and supporting one another, the response from the housing sector has just been remarkable. Don't you agree, Sarah? Definitely. Like most sectors, social housing providers have been propelled to invest in new technologies and rapidly change their way of working. They had to play their part in protecting colleagues and tenants from the virus whilst continuing to provide the services they know so many of their customers rely on, which is what we'll be shining a light on today. So for today's episode, we're joined by Dave Lockerman, Customer Experience Director at Stonewater, Debbie Chun, Assistant Director of IT at Stonewater, and also Steph Herdman, Head of Mobilisation at Waits. Thank you for joining us today. But first, we're going to hear from Stonewater resident Natasha to get her thoughts on the organisation's approach and the changes made throughout the pandemic. So to begin, Natasha, as your landlord, what do you think of Stonewater and has your opinion changed throughout the pandemic? Well, I think they're right. Um, They offer so much more than other social landlords and I think it's great. Um, They give incentives to tenants where others don't. The fact that they are still continuously working throughout the pandemic um, while others are not, to be fair, they're not using the pandemic as an excuse not to look after their tenants doing repairs or anything else. So obviously with Stonewater, they're actually um, looking after their tenants. During this pandemic, it's very difficult for face-to-face communication. However, it's it's just easy to either be on the phone, email or on Facebook. If you have a housing officer and you've got their number, you could WhatsApp them or text them and you could just call them. But I use Facebook and there's a gentleman that always deals with social media and he's fantastic. And he always gets back to you. Very reasonable. You don't have to wait long like you do on the phones. And have you had any problems or has that changed throughout the pandemic? When it comes to complaints, they they deal with it swiftly and professionally. Um, I've made a few complaints regarding contractors that they work with and they actually um, sorted it out, resolved the issue. So even if there's someone, uh, one of their colleagues or a few of their colleagues and you make a complaint, they do actually tend to deal with it swiftly and they do take it seriously. Okay, that's really good to hear. As we mentioned in our introductions, we have actually got someone from Waits with us today who was a contractor that Stonewater mobilised during the pandemic to take care of repairs in certain areas. So we'll get to find out a little bit more about the realities of getting that in place shortly. To begin, Dave, would you mind sharing what the biggest change has been for you and your team? I can't believe it's a year on really. Um, and it's easy to forget just how much things have changed and, and what's been achieved kind of over that time. 
I think the, the biggest change for us is that we moved to home working uh, pretty much, well, it felt like overnight. Um, and I honestly don't believe our customers would have seen any deterioration in services. I mean, even if you look at our retirement living service where, you know, we had scheme-based support um, right up until kind of COVID hit, you know, we moved to working from home and uh, our colleagues kind of providing that that support from home. But actually, it's resulted in more contact to our customers in retirement living and, and, and more engagement. So I think for the majority of our colleagues, that kind of move to home working has worked brilliantly, really quickly. I think it's meant more time at home with families. You know, it's meant more flexibility within within the working day, you know, just being able to pop out uh, to the gym. I know I've taken a couple of calls when I've been out running. So it's been a it's been a kind of whole new new way of working. And I, I think it's important to kind of recognize that it's it's not perfect for everyone. Uh and for a few we've had to work and try and make things as as comfortable as possible. And I think, you know, kids have obviously made it more challenging recently with with, with schools being shut. Um and I really love actually the way that we've kind of got used to it interruptions. It's quite nice to see other people's kids kind of make appearances and, and various Zoom meetings. So I think for me, that whole kind of shift away from, from being in an office or from in my life, parachuting into various offices kind of, I can't really ever see why we would go back from that. And I think um, you'll see from time to time kind of arguments. So what about the kind of the water cooler time? I think it's called where, you know, are we missing those kind of conversations and bouncing off each other? But I think it's just about us having to be more creative and creating those kind of opportunities for an informal kind of unstructured time together. So I've seen our teams do that through, uh, you know, quizzes, lunches, coffee times, um, just finding different ways of just getting that opportunity to be with one another and share ideas. And I think, you know, personally, I'm, really sick of being in in my spare room kind of as many hours as, as I am but completely understand uh, and I completely understand that kind of we don't work to live anymore we we kind of live at work but for me I'm no longer losing time commuting during the day you know I spend ages in my car and having to stay away you know I was traveling around the country having to stay away from from family so yeah, whilst there's challenges, I just can't see why we would ever go back to kind of the inefficiencies, if you like, of the, of the way we were working before. I think prior to the pandemic, there was a big misconception generally about working from home. I feel like a lot of people thought that really limits what you're able to achieve from working from home. And I think there was this belief that people kind of slack but obviously everybody has been pushed to actually demonstrate that that is not the case and you can do an excellent job from home. And I also feel like for Stonewater, you're an organization that really champions everyone being and bringing their whole self to work. And now with work being at home, you're just ramping up that whole individualism and seeing people for themselves in their own you know, space and allowing those kind of personality traits to shine through, which I think is just an added benefit. Yeah, I think it's so nice as well, because it it's so weird that we're not together. You know, we haven't seen each other in over a year, but I've never felt closer to some of my colleagues. It's like in the moment you're on a video call, people are inviting you into their home. And to me, that's a really big deal. I feel there is something that is so personal about that, as opposed to just booking a meeting room and having, you know, a formal coffee that way. Um, 
I think it just it just sort of shifts it all a bit, which is it's quite nice. Um, Steph, it would be nice to hear sort of at weights what your experience was at the beginning of the pandemic as well. Sort of what changes were made to your teams? Very similar to what Dave was saying, really. Kind of overnight, we went to working from home um, as the construction industry carried on working. We obviously had construction sites where we were on site, still um, functioning, but we had clear COVID risk assessments in place um, signed off by our safety team to make sure that we were adhering to those guidelines and working safely. But like Dave, majority of the repairs and maintenance element of weights were working from home um, We've got the infrastructure in place to support that and really robust dis- uh, disaster recovery plans in place that actually made that transition quite smooth for us because we had the structure there to support it. So although it's been a big shock to the system, I also echo everything that Dave has said. It's actually been quite nice in a way. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And Debbie, you joined Stonewater last summer, didn't you, during the pandemic and inarguably a really critical role considering the importance of all things IT. What was it like to to join remotely and uh, that process having happened virtually? If I'm honest, it was a little bit scary. Um, I think having just left my organisation where I'd been for eight years and joining somewhere new as a virtual new starter, um, it was a little bit odd. Um, but thankfully, um, it's had a happy ending because everybody at Stonewater has been so lovely and welcoming um, and made me um, made the transition really easy. Um, and I suppose in terms of the crucial role, we've all had to get used to doing things differently Um, I think we all thought we knew what it was like working from home, but in reality, our old working from home was um, the odd day a week where we went and hid at home. We didn't share our homes or our pets or our children um, because we literally just wanted to get our head down and clear our email inboxes and um, clear the backlog. Whereas now actually we're all really productive at home um, and I think it's quite a different experience. Um, And in regards to my, my role, Um, I have an amazing team who were able to roll out technology to everybody um, within um, 48 hours. Um, I think it was a great achievement and we are fully operational from home and it's all great. Well, I'm glad to know you've settled in nicely and everyone has been welcomed. That would have been an awkward question. So across the media and just on social channels generally, every organisation has really been reflecting on their ability to have mobilised their teams. I think everyone's been really impressed with um, how efficiently and how kind of seamless it's been um, in some ways. So obviously for Stonewater, an additional challenge was the fact that they decided to mobilise a completely new contractor, which was Waits, um, during the middle of the pandemic. Um Steph, could you just talk to us a little bit about the reality of carrying out socially distanced repairs? I know that's something that you guys have been able to um, achieve, but can you just give us a bit of insight into making that possible? From Wade's perspective, we mobilised a number of contracts at the start of last year when the pandemic actually hit. So what we had was a tried and tested method and we built on the learning of how we um, train and how we onboard effectively during a mobilisation when there is a pandemic. And we took all that learning and built on that and worked collaboratively with Stonewater to get such a successful mobilisation. I think what was really, really good with Stonewater is that although everyone was working from home, we still held a virtual workshop between ourselves and Stonewater at the start of that mobilisation process. And it was so effective. And it 
you, you felt like you were meeting face to face and building that relationship. I think that echoes everything Dave and Debbie have been saying around how open and welcoming Stonewater are as a client as well, as a, an external contractor working with you. That Those virtual workshops made a big difference and help us build that relationship to obviously get the mobilisation across the line. I think with regards to the point on the reality of carrying out socially distanced repairs, we've had to change the way that we work. Um, there's a lot of nervousness around working in occupied properties at the moment, which we completely understand. Um, so one thing that Waits have done is they um, we've fast-tracked a lot of innovations that we were currently working on anyway to support changes in the way that we deliver a service so one particular thing that comes to mind is um when we send our 24-hour reminder text to customers we've we've enabled a software that attaches a video to that text message and that video will talk through with the or explain to the customer what to expect when we attend site the PPE that we will we'll be wearing in addition to obviously the face masks and gloves and everything um, what to do when we're working in the property. So for the resident to stay in a separate part of the house, how communication will work and everything else just to try and put people's mind at, mind at ease really. So that when we are attending site, they've got that reassurance that everything's going to be done safely and effectively really. It's interesting that you then talked about how um, this time has given Waits the opportunity to kind of fast track some of the innovations because I feel like that's something that Stonewater has also really done. Um, Dave, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I completely agree in terms of that that fast tracking innovation. I think we was on a, a, I hate saying the word journey, but we was on a journey, if you like, towards digital um prior to the pandemic but actually the the pandemic has kicked everything along and i think um if we looked at something like letting so at the outset of the pandemic uh we were already in conversations around how we could look at paperless signups but actually within a couple of weeks we we had paperless signups in terms of um moving customers into their homes without needing to to print off reams and reams of paper and really looking to make the process as safe for colleagues and customers as possible. And I think we saw actually other kind of housing providers through the pandemic actually shut down and not be able to let their homes. We continued, we continued through having these kind of safe processes and really working digitally and let, you know, during the course of the pandemic now, we've, we've let over 1500 homes to, to those families that need them. And we're continuing to build on that. So we're now moving to completely virtual signups so we won't actually have to attend site at all, uh, working with our customers through um, kind of technology like WhatsApp to actually um, show show the customer the property and, and, you know, get the tenancy signed. We've also really looked at kind of how we can improve some of those other kind of internal processes. So if I look at our arrears collection, actually... Over the last six months, we've really shifted internal processes, looking at the kind of income management system we use to make sure it's as effective as possible for our colleagues and moving forward with uh, call masking. So call masking enables our colleagues to be able to take payments from home. That's something that we were talking about quite a long time ago, but actually is now in place and we've collected over about £150,000 in income from, from bringing that in. And I, I guess it's not just actually 
digital where we've innovated as a result of the pandemic. If we look at kind of the in- income again, obviously the pandemic creates a massive challenge in terms of rent recovery. And we recognise from the beginning really that we're going to have customers struggling possibly to pay their rent for the first time. And what we wanted to do was was come up with ways to really ensure that we were supporting our customers and making sure that our customers wouldn't lose their homes as a result of the, the pandemic. So we introduced something called flexible and deferred payment arrangements where we can work with customers to either defer payment or um, agree an amount that the customer can afford to a point in time where things look better. And I think actually that's something that we haven't necessarily seen other providers do, but I think was a really innovative way to try and help our customers through what is a really difficult time. And also looking at our support service, actually, we we recognised that during lockdown, and you see it in the media, that actually domestic abuse is is prevalent. Obviously, it, you know that's it's it's a, it's been a real issue through lockdown, and 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 rates have, have massively increased. So the support service being able to kind of extend the service and offer more bed spaces uh, for people that are escaping domestic abuse again, I think is something that not necessarily seen throughout the the sector, but us innovating um on the back of the pandemic it's so interesting isn't it because like having a crisis forces us to adapt and it forces us to to think creatively and i feel like that's exactly what what we've done and also by the sounds of it what weights have done and i think that i keep hearing that people say oh we've moved sort of 10 years ahead in the space of a year so we've we've sort of just really advanced everything we would we were planning to work on you know long term and we've had to do it in a really short space of time Debbie, from an IT perspective, sort of where do you see us in the future? What kind of things do you think we'll we'll have to take on or continue to adapt further? Where would you like us to be? I think that we often underestimate people. And I think the pandemic has, has proven that in terms of how accessible technology currently is and how willing people are to give it a go. And I really see things like assistive technology um, becoming um, more critical in the way we deliver our services. So, um, you know, I think that people generally have um, smart devices in their homes. So whether that's an Alexa or whether it's Siri on their phone um, and what's to say we can't start ordering services um for our homes um, from, from those devices and, and, and utilizing that technology what we often do in the sector is we overcomplicate things and we will tend to um, develop bespoke um, applications to do things. Whereas actually there's existing technology that people already readily engage with, um, such as WhatsApp, um, Alexa, as I've just mentioned, they're used to that. That's that's just their everyday life. And if the more that we can embrace and harness that, then the better it will be. And of course, to add to that, Stonewater also provides a lot of workshops for those that don't know or have not used technology before. So I know I've seen a couple of workshops for a lot of, across a lot of the retirement living schemes where they've been shown how to use iPads and how to pay their rent and things like that. So obviously it's it's good to be able to offer those technologies, but then also provide the additional support to make sure that everyone is able to maximise them. So Steph, earlier you talked about how weights has really changed um, a lot of this of how it's providing its services and making sure that you give as much information as possible to make it as easy for people to understand. Dave, can you just give us a little bit of background into some of the changes that Stonewater has made and any of the innovation that's gone into that? Yeah, of course. So um, 
earlier I was talking around kind of our, our digital offer, but I think where we've where we've really kind of moved is we have really invested in 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 kind of digital and and my home, and that isn't just because it's it's more efficient for us. It actually it's it's easier for our customers, and we you know our customer satisfaction data really shows that customers find us really easy to deal with online. So you know let's let's build on that, and we we really have. So we've improved functionality on payments, repairs, and managing tenancy within my home um really trying to get that to be the go-to place really to for, for customers to be able to, to manage their home um but recognizing that's not going to suit everyone um what we've also done is put a lot of focus into kind of right first time so where a customer contacts us actually where the service center can't necessarily give them the answer there and then to have colleagues on hand who can assist with that to make sure that we can actually resolve that query uh, in that first contact because actually what our customers have said is sometimes they feel like they're, they're passed around too much within the organization and sometimes when that happens we're not necessarily brilliant at, at getting back so we've really tried to improve that in terms of actually when the contact comes in first time that we try and resolve it we do recognise, though, that there's going to be situations where we can't always resolve uh, in that first contact. And previously, where it would have been passed off to kind of an area housing officer who would add, or tenant services officer who would have had a lot of ver- various queries and a, a, a huge workload to try and resolve, what we've moved towards is a, a, a national model where actually it's built on specialism. So if we can't resolve it right first time, we have specialist colleagues who are on hand who can help to resolve that that customer query. So across the sector, it feels like we've all sort of been pulling together to provide advice and share best practice sort of while we're all trying to navigate through the the craziness of 2020. What words of advice would you guys give to other people working in this sector right now? I think for me, it's true collaboration, not only with clients and customers, but across the sector itself, not being too proud um, to share those best practices, but to also support each other, particularly not only just during a pandemic, but for the future as, you know, pandemic starts to loosen its grip slightly. I think don't be too proud to share best practice and learn from mistakes or lessons from others as well across the whole sector. I think stick together, learn together, and we can all make a difference. I think it would be, don't be afraid to try new things. Failure isn't failure. Um, You know, you'll never learn something new. You'll never try different things if you're afraid to fail. Um, And I suppose the only other advice I would give is just be kind and a bit more patient whilst we all get used to these new ways of working. Yeah, so um, I think similar, really. Um, I think the one thing for me is, you know, let's let's not forget that we're in really difficult times. It's all it's all right to feel, you know, a little bit low sometimes. You know, uh, let's let's not pretend that this isn't hard. That the, the pandemic isn't tough for us all. Um, and I think there is a need for us to be quite human uh, and open um, with our colleagues around that and understanding that everyone is going through a lot at the moment, but. I definitely pick up on that kind of asking for help. I I, I kind of think that you know the, the housing sector is a, a a great place. Um, you know, it's it's quite a small sector as well, where you know everyone seems to know everyone. I think it's 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 a great place to actually say well, how how have you approached this, or you know we've done it this way, and actually sharing some of that really good practice. I think is a, is a is a great time for that. And also, actually, I'd agree with Debbie as well, that, that failure. Actually, we've tried stuff in, in the pandemic. Some of it's been great. Some of it's worked really well. 
some of it hasn't. And let's be honest about that. So thank you everyone for joining us today. It it has been quite a year, but it's been really great to hear exactly how organisations like ours and Weights have adapted and shown resilience where it's been possible. Yes, thank you so much. And thanks to everyone who has listened in. Our next episode will be the last episode of the series and it's going to be focusing on a new and innovative home ownership scheme. So if you've not subscribed already, make sure you do so you don't miss out. We hope you enjoyed listening to the latest episode of On The Air. We'll be publishing a new episode every Wednesday. But to stay up to date, subscribe to our channel. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to share your thoughts with us on LinkedIn or Twitter by tagging hashtag SWOnTheAir.